Yeah, uh, Damien, it's one of those topics, uh, like a lot of things with property, you only got to ask a question, wind me up and <laughs> yeah, off I yeah. go. Wind you up and let you run. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. So we'll get into it. So today on the Finance and Property Survival Guide, I'm talking with Simon Presley. So Simon's from Propertyology. And today we wanted to talk about rent reform. So a Greens MP has uh, pr- produced a bill uh, around some rent reform uh, in Queensland, and I wanted you to just explain it basically and what the pros and the cons are. And uh, any questions I might have, I'll try and chime in as we go, Simon. Yeah, well, thanks for having us back on, Damien. Um, yes, it's the, it's the Queensland state government Greens. Um, yeah. It won't get through, by the way. Uh, and this is not a new proposal. Uh, mm-hmm. They first flagged it about three years ago, and there was a uh, a bit of uproar and a bit of public debate, um, and then uh, and then COVID hit. So um, things are, obviously there were bigger priorities in the world than this. Uh, and now that uh, um, Australia is starting to settle down a bit, um, you know the Greens uh, in Queensland are back are back on their pedestal and want to want to pass this through. It won't get through, um, but but in a nutshell, um, they want to pass legislation such that the conditions uh, that a tenant has for renting a property in Queensland almost mirror as if they own the property. Mm. Um, so they want to allow um, a, a tenant to pretty much have any pet um, without, you know, unless it's a horse or something ridiculous, um, <laughs> you know, without really needing permission uh, for that. They want to allow tenants to do any uh, modifications, improvements to the property without the owner's permission to that. Um they want the tenants uh, to, so when the lease expires, um, they want the legislation to be such that if the tenant wants to stay there, they can stay there. Um, in other words, they're renting for the rest of their life if they want to stay in that property for the rest of their life. Um, that won't, it won't get through because, um, you know, people in high places, including the Labor government, um, the incumbent Labor government have, have, you know, sort of said, uh, nah, we're not going to support it. So the support's mm. not there. If it did happen and something similar has recently passed in Victoria, uh, that will create enormous problems, especially for those who these government officials claim to be protecting. Because at the end of the day, there's already been enough legislation uh, to do with rental properties throughout Australia the last five years that has progressively discouraged the everyday Aussie from becoming a property investor. And the more people who refuse to participate, bearing in mind that investing is a discretionary action, mm. very, very few people choose to invest. Um, the small percentage you do do choose to do that, they don't have to. Mm. Um, they're doing it because at the end of the day, they want to increase their chances when they get older um, of having a better lifestyle because they've made some you know, financial sacrifices when they were when they were younger. So it is discretionary, um, and investing also requires risk. That everyday Aussie who buys an investment property is doing something they don't have to do, and in doing it, they're taking on a risk. So if you're that hypothetical person, and more and more and more um, legislation continually be gets passed that makes it harder for you and takes controls away from you who own something. Um, understandably, less people are going to want to do it. Mm. Now, rental supply is 98% controlled by the everyday Aussie property investor. Only 2% of Australia's total rental stock have been funded by a government body. It's the everyday Aussie that's funded 98%. Right now, today, Damien, um, 
every location in Australia, with the exception of Sydney and Melbourne, are under enormous rental stress. Mm. And what I mean by rental stress is there is no rental accommodation. There is nowhere for people to live. Um, there are good people with good jobs, good incomes, a good rental record, and they are living in tents. They are living in cars. They are sleeping on a friend's couch mm. uh, and just praying that tomorrow there'll be something available they can rent. What's caused this is the sort of legislation and a few other things that we're talking about. Um, as their population grows, we need more rental supply. But those who supply it, for a variety of reasons over about five or six years, have been progressively discouraged from doing it. So now what we've got is more rental demand than the supply available. And rents are flying through the roof mm. right throughout Australia. We're writing, a, we're, we're just about to publish a report here at Propertyology showing um, where the biggest rental increases are. We're, we're talking standard houses, not luxury houses. There are 34 individual towns or cities in Australia that their annual rent has gone up by $1,500 or more over the last 18 months. Mm. So if we look at a, you know, Newcastle or something like right. that, you know, what was the median advertised rental amount 18 months ago and and then annualise that to create an annual rental yeah, figure yeah. and then do that same exercise today. What's that, what's that same figure? Annualise that. Uh, take A from B um, to get a variation. There are 34 individual towns or cities where rents have gone up by $1,500 per, per more. Most tenants haven't had their income going up by that much. No, there's not um, been much wage growth over that same period. No. And some locations, the annual rent has gone up by five, six, seven thousand $7,000. Some of them have gone up by $10,000, a standard house. Hmm. This is a byproduct of not having enough rental supply. So yeah. instead of encouraging people to invest in property and adding more rental supply, we've done the opposite. So... These crazy, uh, I'm not going to um, bite my tongue, these crazy lunatics who do not understand the consequences of their own action, they think that they are helping tenants. If the legislation gets through, which it won't, all it will do is we'll discourage more people from doing it and mm. the crisis that we already have will get worse. I'm a person that I, I would like to become a property investor down the line. At the moment, I'm a tenant. Like I rent a place in Melbourne and... You don't, you don't want there to be too many rights for the landlord and not enough for the tenants, but you don't want it. It's got to be a balance. And it seems like that balance might be in Victoria, at least it seems like that balance has tipped a little too much in favor of people like me. And, and again, like I'm a tenant, I'm benefit, benefiting from it. If I want to, I don't think it seems like a good idea for, for things to proactively discourage people from wanting to invest in property. If, if what you're saying is true, like that's, that's pretty crazy if you're discouraging uh, everyday Aussies that are investing and that's the rental supply we're talking about and the government's doing things that's going to discourage people from getting into investing. That's not going to help the rental supply at all, is it? No, and, that, and you know, renting is not a new thing. So, you know, no. I, I just do not understand why, you know, it seems like all of a sudden in the last five to ten years in this country, it's like we're trying to reinvent the world as if suddenly – we've got a segment of the population that decide they want to rent a dwelling mm. um, round figures about 35% of Australia's population live in rented accommodation and the other 65% live in a, a property that they own themselves. 
And those numbers have always been that way. Mm. We're talking first fleet stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it, why, why all of a sudden are we, are, are we reinventing the world? Now, there's always going to be um, a segment of the rental population where the tenants don't look after properties, don't pay rents on time. Um, and similarly, um, a, a number of landlords that are horrible landlords that don't fix stuff when things are broken and, you know, basic civil liberty stuff. But society's always sorted that out. Um, if, if, uh, if I'm the tenant and you're the landlord who doesn't fix that stuff when it's broken and treat me, you know, um, badly, then when the lease expires, I'm not going to renew my lease. I'm going to look yeah. for somewhere else with a better property and a, and a, and a uh, landlord who treats me well. It's always been that way and, yeah. and vice versa. Um, if I, you know, don't pay my bills on time and I trash the joint, um, if I do it bad enough, or you can evict me before that lease expires, but if it's if it's not that bad, but still unacceptable behaviour on the tenant's part, then the landlord has always reserved the right to say, you know, I'm not going to renew that, that lease. Now, both parties always need each other. Mm. Australia needs um, tenants and tenants need landlords. Yeah. So um, when we start, you know, when one party starts to become really, really heavy handed, we, we, you know, we, we damage that relationship. So you're renting a property. Um, the, the rights there to me are, are no different to a business renting a premises. Most, most businesses in all industries, the, the owner of the business doesn't own the premise. There's a landlord somewhere behind that. Um, booking a holiday and renting a hotel room. The person booking that hotel mm. room does not have a right to, you know, smoke or bring bring the pets in or trash the joint. Um, renting a car, renting's not new. Mm. Uh, basic fundamental rights is the person who owns it. Um, they they have some some civil liberties about determining who can use it. Yeah, and some basic things about you can't you can't damage it. So, um, yeah, some of this legislation has just just gone way too far. It's a weird one for sure. And, and like I said, with Victoria, I, I just found it really weird. Like I'm able to, I can, I could paint my entire apartment um, without asking the landlord's permission. And if the landlord doesn't like it, I'll have to pay to change it at the end of the lease. But it seems really weird that I can make a lot of alterations to the internals of the apartment with no permission needed whatsoever. It seems really weird to me. You never want it to become a punishment for people trying to invest in a property because like you said i think it was actually the first podcast we did together simon we were talking about the average um pension for a couple a retired couple yep. for, through the government and it's not a lot of money to live on and so people who want to invest a lot of the time are trying to make money to plan for the future to be prepared for when their retirement comes they've got enough money to to live comfortably um yeah I'm glad. I'm hoping that the the reforms don't go through for you guys then, um, from how you've explained it, um, because yeah, it, it doesn't sound too good if people are going to be discouraged from trying to invest for the future and also providing rental supply. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, most of society don't understand how so many things are connected, and 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 in this case, um, including uh, a government party, you know, the the, the Greens. So so rental rental supply. Uh, so rental accommodation is, is, is 
is more than just what they're trying, what they claim they're trying to protect. Right. Um, it's a much bigger thing than that. So uh, I'll say that statistic again that I said earlier, Damien, not, of all the rental accommodation available in Australia, 98% of it has been funded by the private sector, by the everyday Aussie. And most of those investors are not rich wealthy people this is this is an ato official statistic most property investors own one or two properties and earn average wages um so if we for no matter how we do it if we discourage um people from investing in in property um we 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 achieve a few things eventually rents will go up and in this case, what's happening in Australia now gone up by a heck of a lot mm. because we've just, we started discouraging several years ago. So you've got all this, it's not just one year where there hasn't been much extra rental stock happened. Yeah. It's five or six consecutive years. So rents go up. So those that they are claiming to protect get in the end, get harmed. Um, in addition to that, there'll be, there'll be some situations when towns and cities will lose population because for whatever, let, let's say someone is uh, in their late teens um, and they're entering the work stage of their life and they want to move out of home right? and there's nothing to rent. So they will go, well, I, I, I want to get on with my life. I don't, I don't want to be here. So, you know, in time, if, um, there'll be some people that go, well, I can't find anything here because there's nothing, you know, we've had all these years of ridiculous legislation that is progressively discouraged for investors and now there is literally nothing um so they'll find somewhere in australia where there is particularly now that a lot of people are working from home they'll mm -hmm. say well this is the career path i want to do i could still do that but um i can't do it in this city so so they'll leave now that will cause harm uh well that will break up relationships in the first instance at a personal level mm -hmm. um but it will also cause harm to the economies of where they leave from so this hypothetical person who's earning an income, but they're not spending it in that individual town or city now. Ideally, they probably wanted to, but they couldn't get rental accommodation there. So they're now working and spending that money somewhere else. So event he steps through that. If this goes on forever and ever, eventually governments, it'll be predominantly state governments will say, we'll have to cop this in our purse. We've got you know a growing demand for people to rent and we don't have the rental accommodation. So... Righto, let's put the state into debt and let's build a whole heap of rental properties ourselves. So it becomes a state-funded asset. So what that happens to that then is that the state then need to pay that debt back. How's that paid back? Taxes. Tax. Yeah. So each and every year when the state budget and then Victoria have done this yeah. two months ago. Each and every year when the state government released their um, their budget, oh, there's a new tax here and there's a new tax there. Why is that? Because they've gone into more debt and someone needs to pay it back. So Oh, we've tried to we've tried to um you know help tenants by funding all this rental legislation. Well, it needs to be back paid back one way or another, and it's the, it's the taxpayer that pays that back. Um, infrastructure. If it was state and federal governments that uh, funded most of of the existing rental accommodation, instead of the ninety eight percent publicly funded that was that is the actual case, we've already as a nation don't have enough money in state and federal governments to build hospitals, to build universities, to build train stations, to build highways, mm. infrastructure every single year, the whole, yeah. the whole country keeps saying, when are we going to like, you know, build the stuff we need to spend? Governments don't have the money. So if all of a sudden governments were having to fund more rental accommodation, that's going to make it harder 
for infrastructure funding. Um, and the, the other part of it is welfare, welfare expenses, the age pension that we've been talking about. In yeah. this country right now, 50 billion, not, not million, B for billion dollars of taxpayer funded money goes in paying age pensions. $50 billion every year. If instead, if Australia encouraged financial literacy and taught people the importance of making a few financial sacrifices while we're young and active in the workforce, then those people, when they got in their 60s, for example, would have more money to live a better lifestyle, but also there'd be less money tied up in state and federal government budgets funding those age pensions and more money available to build more infrastructure. So all these things are connected. Um, as soon as you attack one segment, there's a knock-on effect somewhere else down the line. Okay. You dropped a few truth bombs, Simon. <laughs> it's a lot to think about. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a, well, yeah. Australia's got massive rental problems, Damien. Um, yeah. And the absolute opposite of what the Greens are doing um, in terms of putting in a big, big, bit of legislation, creating an extra barrier for investor, the absolute opposite needs to happen. Let me share uh, some, some facts with you that might surprise your listeners. Right. Um, if we break Australia's total pop, round figures here, if we break our population up and say Australia as, as a whole has about 25 million people, 10 million live in just two cities, Sydney and Melbourne. The other 15 million obviously live in the other six capital cities yeah. and the 200 or so parts, uh, regional towns and cities, 15 million there. Now we look at the number of properties advertised for rent today. Sydney and Melbourne have 45,000 dwellings advertised for rent for those 10 million people. In uh, the other 15 million, the rest of Australia, they have 17,000 dwellings. So there's one third of the properties uh, advertised for rent in Australia are available for only 60% of our population. We've got mm. our two biggest cities that have the highest vacancy rates in their history and rents are falling. There's parts of Sydney where rents have declined by $10,000 per annum over the, over the last 18 months. But the rest of Australia, we've got the absolute opposite. There is nothing available to rent and this is not a covid creation you know when we when we analyze the, the the data which propertyology does these sort of projects all the time this has been building for several years now so we need to encourage more people to invest for a wide range of reasons yeah okay covid maybe just accelerated something that was already happening which was people yeah. going to regional areas um yeah, and, and it sounds like uh, that's sort of something we're trying to do with the show, but I, I'm, I'm happy to hear and see in the media too that more young people are starting to take more responsibility for financial stuff because I just think it's it pays, for, it pays dividends in the future for people to try and invest now and not have to worry about relying on the government in, you know, 50 years' time when they're not able to work, right? Um, was there anything else you wanted to cover, Simon? I, I, I didn't have too many other questions. I just wanted to sort of hear it from your perspective. Yeah, no, I, I think what Australia would benefit from is not legislation and, and, and barriers and roadblocks, is um, just honest discussions. I think, you know, yeah. too often, not just in, in, in property, but in life in general, too often the powers that be, when something happens and they think this isn't good, 
um, they feel, oh, well, we've got to use our muscle and we've got to, you know, create a piece of legislation. Sometimes that's the right way to, um, to fix things. But as in life in general, often the, the, the first place to start is actual discussions. You know, I'd like to think Australia as a country has evolved in a good way over generations and no longer see someone who rents as an inferior Per, uh, you know, member of our, our community. Yeah. Um, I've been a tenant. I've got family members who are still tenants. I've got, you know, friends that are tenants. I've got clients that are tenants. Um, not everyone wants to own a home right now. They're not at that stage of their life or they want to put down permanent roots. Um, they might be really ambitious career-wise and want to make themselves, um, you know, free themselves up to be transferred around to take advantage of career opportunities. They might be at the stage of their life where they're not settled in a, in a, in a relationship and, you uh, and again, similarly, you know, don't want to anchor themselves down. They still might own property, though. You know, the increasing number of people who've adopted that rent vesting mm. strategy, incredibly popular, not for everyone, but perfect for lots of people. Um, you know, I think we should have some discussions um, nationally around that to educate people um, that that's an alternative um, solution for some. Similarly, there's some bloody horrible landlords out there. Uh, and they yeah. need and they need to be called out, but there's sure. some bloody horrible tenants as well. Yeah, and it's about balancing that, isn't it? It's about you don't want too many rights for landlords, but you don't want too many rights for tenants either. It's a balancing act, like anything else. The yeah. the best way is to get it back to where it was before. Honest discussions, less legislation, not more. That will free the system up. It'll get it back to where it was before. Where if the tenant had, you know, was renting a property and they did have the horrible landlord, you know, they're in the box seat. They don't renew the lease. Mm. That causes a problem for the landlord then because they've got a mortgage to pay and they haven't got any rental income coming in. Um, you know, the property managers uh not going to be be putting the best tenant you know back in that property when when they've got a landlord that you know isn't a decent decent citizen so the best way to um uh, to sort this out is um good tenants and good landlords they vote with their feet put legislation in place you just you just create more roadblocks um you reduce participation and you create a heck of a lot more problems sure simon if anyone wanted to get in touch it's propertyology.com.au yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Happy to chat Beautiful. to anybody. Easy. Thanks again for your time, Simon. Thanks, Damien. Have a good day. Thanks, bud.